Good evening and welcome to Teen Connect on WDIY 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Sathan Kandelwal, and today I'd like to focus this segment on recapping what can be one of the most influential moments of your life. You see, 71% of high schoolers get through high school and then make their way into college. But getting into college is a whole process, a process that requires careful planning, dedication, and perseverance. Today, we have a special guest who has not only recently completed this journey and can provide us with valuable insights into the whole college application process, but is also a really close friend of mine and someone who, ironically, I also tried to start my own podcast with in middle school. <laughs> Please join me in welcoming Vishruth Hanamigari, a senior from Parkland High School. Vishruth has successfully navigated the complexities of college applications and is now an incoming freshman at Duke University, where he'll be studying neuroscience and public policy. Throughout the show today, we'll dive deep into the world of college applications, exploring everything from choosing the right universities to crafting compelling essays, managing deadlines, and dealing with the emotional roller coaster that comes with this significant transition. Vishruth's firsthand knowledge and fresh perspective will undoubtedly shed light on this transformative journey. So, whether you're a high school student currently going through the process yourself, or a curious parent unsure of what to do for your child, stay tuned as we embark on this enlightening conversation with our guest, Vishruth. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Vishruth. Just to start off, could you introduce yourself and what Parkland schools have you attended in the past? Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Sid. Um, so my name's Vishruth Hanamagari. I'm a senior, obviously graduating, just like you. I've been at Parkland pretty much my whole life. I started off at Parkway Manor Elementary School, then I went to Springhouse Middle School where I met you, and then finally Parkland High School. I'm very interested in pursuing a career in medicine, hence why I'm studying neuroscience in college. And I also hope to have experience in the political science field. Got it. So a lot of people see how much tuition costs for college that it takes around four years to complete and conclude that it's better to jump into the workforce right after high school. What made you decide to pursue a higher education? I think whether you're getting financial aid, scholarships, or you're fortunate enough for your parents to be able to pay for your college experience, undoubtedly college is a very expensive experience. Some universities cost more than others, but I think in the end, college, in my opinion, is something that the majority of high school students should look towards. Obviously, there are certain professions, certain trades, certain arts, where there's a lot of high school students who are ready to enter the workforce right off the bat. But I think what college offers that high school really can't is primarily has to relate to the social scene. Now, when I say the social scene, I don't just mean in terms of partying and meeting new friends. I mean in terms of the connections you make with your professors, with your fellow students who you won't meet in terms of how, how dedicated they are to the same fields and interests as you, and also in terms of how you're going to grow as a person. For me, choosing the medical field, I'm going into a field where a lot of people think they want to end up in life, but four years into their undergraduate career, when it's time to apply for medical schools, a lot of people change their mind. So even though college is certainly a necessity for me, a mandate for me to become a doctor and pursue my dreams of serving underprivileged communities, the main reason I'm going to college is because I want to work with these professors. I want to meet with these students, and I want to grow as a person myself, find out if I'm truly interested in medicine or if there's a different route that life may take me. 
So there's thousands of schools all over the nation to choose from. Can you give us a bit of insight into what factors you considered when making a list of colleges to apply to? Sure, yeah. So initially, I had a list of about 30 colleges that I was going to apply to. And obviously, for any student, I think that's a little much. So what I really valued was, first of all, since my primary interest is medicine, what were some of the top undergraduate schools that would provide me with the medical knowledge I need at the highest quality before I head into medical school, but also schools that weren't going to be too stressful for me and had a good balance between the academics they offered and as well as their campus, their food, and their social life. So when I was making my final college list of about 15 to 20 schools, I really valued those factors as well as cost. Cost definitely came into play. I wanted to make sure that being, you know, a student who's going to go into medical school in the future, that I would be able to afford not only going to my four years in undergraduate, but also doing another four years in medical school. So I think a combination of those three factors really made the decision for me for which schools I was going to end up applying to. So if you're en route to do medical school right now, that's mm-hmm. eight years of schooling ahead of you. Yes. After a whole 13 years of elementary school, middle school, and high school. Yes. What do you think will keep you motivated to this dream, which will be only attained by after eight years of schooling? Of course, yeah. And it's actually, it could even be more than eight years for certain professions. You know, for me, I'm going to definitely have to do residency if I pursue the medical field. And that's another three, four years you add. <laughs> So graduating from high school, it's definitely a daunting idea to have to go through basically repeating the same process of 8 to 12 years of schooling after I graduate. But I think for me, what really pushes me into medicine has been my experience with it so far in high school. So right now, I serve as an EMT, and that was one of the first ways that I kind of experimented with, okay, biology is something I'm interested, research is something I'm interested, but does that make me qualified to serve in the medical field? As an EMT, although the calls are stressful, the calls are hard, and you feel a big weight on your chest knowing that a patient's life could literally be decided by what you do with them in the next five minutes between their house and the hospital, it's definitely a very daunting task. But I think for me, the feeling that I got when I and my team were able to treat a patient or at least talk with them, comfort them in their last few hours, or save them completely from a heart attack or a stroke, was a feeling that I've truly never gotten from anything else in life. I was became extremely grateful in those moments to have the opportunity to meet people from different perspectives, understand their stories, understand their backgrounds, and be able to comfort them, not only give them treatments, but connect with them on a human-to-human level. And I think that feeling, being able to chase that feeling later on in life, is what's going to motivate me through these next few years of school. So I know you said you were considering at first 30 other schools to apply to. Yes. Now, after all of the essays were over Uh and you started getting your decisions, Mm -hmm. could you share some of the other schools you were considering committing to and what made you finally decide on Duke? Yeah, for sure. So the four schools that really sparked my interest when I got accepted to them were Georgetown, the School of Health, Emory University, the University of Pennsylvania, and Duke. So... Upon visiting campus, learning about the research opportunities and internships, it immediately became clear to me that the final choice was going to be between UPenn and Duke. And now that was a time where I was also considering opinions from my family members, from my sister, from my sister's friends who all had gone through the same process and had advice for entering the medical field. 
So as you may know, Sid, you know, growing up in an immigrant family, the Ivy League status is something that is highly sought after. Right. Being able to say that your kid got into an Ivy League school is something that a lot of parents are proud of. And now, while I understood my mother's and my father's desire for me to end up at that place, I ultimately decided Duke was better for me. And there were a few reasons for this. One, when you talk about medicine, you have to think about things like research, volunteering, and the school itself. And in those three departments, from the research I had done and from what other people told me, Duke and UPenn were pretty much on the same level. Both have extremely strong connections with their medical school, have tremendous research opportunities with local companies, and the professors there, as you may know, are outstanding. They're from all over the world, they're handpicked, and they know exactly what they're talking about. So at the end of the day, the difference between the two came about how I was going to enjoy my life there. When I visited Duke's campus, I immediately fell in love with how beautiful of a place it was. The food was amazing. The positivity among the student groups was also something I hadn't witnessed at any other campus. It was a non-competitive, non-toxic environment. And after going to a school like Parkland, that was definitely something I was achieving at, looking for. I wasn't looking to compete with other med school students to all achieve the same goal. I was looking to work alongside them. And based on the feedback I got from other Duke undergraduates and graduate, that was exactly what I was going to find there. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I always see that like in some schools, there's students who are always competing for the number one spot. Mm -hmm. But then there's other environments where the students are supporting one another. Of course. So that everyone can succeed. Yes. Now into more of the process, Mm -hmm. just for the younger listeners who are maybe even going through the process currently. Yeah. Were there any resources or online platforms that you found particularly helpful during your college search and application process? Any possible hidden gems you discovered along the way? Oh, for sure. I think, uh, as Sid, you may know this, when we're first going through the college application process, a lot of websites like College Confidential, Reddit, all those things, you know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. they definitely come up a lot. And it's intriguing because they have the exact questions you're looking for and they seem to have the right answers. But if I would give one piece of advice, it's to not follow those to a T. These are often parents and students who've had vastly different experiences posting their opinions. I think when you're going through the college application process, there's a few resources you should definitely be aware of. One is definitely getting an advisor. For me, although it was a little bit expensive, a college advisor definitely worked me through some of the basics of the college process that I wasn't used to, whether it was how to format an essay, how to learn to write about myself, and how to actually ask my teachers for a letter of recommendation. All those sorts of little things that you may take for granted, an advisor can really help you with. So I definitely recommend reaching out to a company or even just someone you know, a family friend, who can walk you through that process because they've been through it themselves. And I think another big website that you should definitely look for is the college's websites themselves. Now, a lot of the times, they will have vague information. They'll say the same thing. We're looking for a vibrant, diverse student body. But on there, you can actually find resources that you can contact admissions officers who work at the university directly. You can schedule meetings with them, and you can email them. And I would highly recommend you do that. Often, those one-on-one conversations can highlight things that you might have otherwise missed. Let me give you an example. One of the schools I applied to was the University of Chicago. And something I didn't know until after the deadline had passed was that a lot of students were recommended to submit a video portfolio. Now, if you just use Common App or things like College Confidential and these other websites, you wouldn't know that. 
But when I went onto the website, I found it right then and there. And speaking to an admissions officer, she walked me through the process of making it even after the deadline was submitted. So I would definitely recommend you do those two things. Right. And another resource, honestly, is other students that like older students that you're looking up to, students who have successfully completed what you wish to do Mm -hmm. because they know exactly what to do in order to achieve what you are trying to do. Yeah. Because personally, when I started looking into colleges to apply to around last August, it was a little overwhelming because there's so many different websites, so many parents, uh, people, and teachers that are saying all these different things. Yes. So it's honestly like a little refreshing to know like what actually to do. Yeah. Just to add on to that, I think both of we both have siblings who have already graduated college and ones went to Princeton, my sister went to Johns Hopkins. They've been through this process. They mm-hmm. know what they're doing and they can definitely, you know, be a great resource for other people with siblings as well. Right. Now, I know I personally ran into a handful of roadblocks when I embarked on this journey. Did you face any particular challenges during the application process and how did you overcome them? Yeah, I think one of the biggest, most surprising aspects of the college application process for me was the essay itself. Now, over the years, as the SAT has become optional, there's been an increased weight placed on the essays themselves, especially your personal statement and your supplementals. I think for me, what I really struggled with was learning how to write about myself. Often in school, we write term papers, research papers, and these are on subjects, topics, or different people in history. But we never really got the chance to write about ourselves, speaking about our qualities, some of our deepest personal experiences. That was definitely the most surprising thing for me. And it took a lot of drafts and a lot of training to actually learn how to write sort of a biographical snapshot of the most important times in my life. Thank you, Vishruth. And listeners, this is Teen Connect, and we'll be right back. Celtic Fair, celebration of Celtic music and culture, from its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Brittany, and Galicia, to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar, every Thursday from 7 to 9, here on WDIY. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Teen Connect. I'm here with my guest, Vishruth Hanamagari, who is a senior at Parkland High School and will be attending Duke University in this upcoming fall. And so far we've been talking about the college application process and some kind of personal experiences that Vishruth has been through. And so now I want to talk to Vishruth about essays. So everyone knows about the 650 word personal statement essay that goes out to every college. Yes. There's seven prompts to choose from, ranging from talking about a talent that you would feel incomplete without. Mm -hmm. reflecting on a time when you questioned or challenged a belief or idea, all the way to sharing an essay on any topic of your choice. Yes. Which prompt did you choose and how did you approach it? Yeah, so the prompt I chose specifically dealt with an obstacle in my life that I had to overcome. So when I first chose that prompt, it wasn't actually the first draft of an essay I had written. I had gone through the other prompts and wrote a few drafts for, I think, two or three of the other prompts. But after reading them over and talking with my supervisor, we collectively agreed that although they were certainly essays, they weren't really referencing the deepest part of my high school experience, what really motivates me to go to college and pursue a career. So when I ended up with that essay, I specifically talked about my experience with 
my parents. So when I talked, it wasn't simply about our ups and downs in life. It was about how my interests and my dreams at one point had clashed with theirs. So Sid, both of us having immigrant parents, we know that when they come to America, one of the career choices they really want you to go in is to either be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Right. right? The big three. <laughs> yeah. So when I was young, in middle school, I joined a program called Science Olympiad. And in Science Olympiad, I did a subject called anatomy and physiology. And that's really where my love for biology and medicine started. But as I got to high school, I started diverging into some different interests. For example, as you know, we were both on the debate team all four years. Mm -hmm. I became a captain these past two years. And I distinctly remember when I was first joining the debate team in my freshman year, my parents were somewhat opposed to the idea. They didn't want me to spend six to seven hours a week practicing debate when they wanted me so badly to go into the medical field, something that really has nothing in common with public policy and political science. And this was something that I really struggled with initially. It was this concept of conditional versus unconditional love. Now, although my parents did always give me that unconditional love, when I joined the debate, although they were initially opposed to it, they still supported me. They showed up to the parents' night, liked to listen to my speeches, and supported me at competitions. But I know for a lot of other people out there, unconditional love versus conditional love is something that a lot of students struggle with, with their parents, and that dissonance between what your parents want you to pursue and what you want to pursue. When I volunteered at St. Luke's in one of the radiology departments, one of the techs I worked with asked me why I was there. I told her that I had been curious about medicine since middle school, and it was something that I hoped to pursue after my undergraduate career. And she asked me the question, are you really here because you want to be here or because your parents made you do it? Although I said, of course, it's something that I wanted to do. And I went home later that day, I slept on it. But the next day, I started to think, was that conditioned in my head to enter the medical field? Or was it something that I really wanted to pursue? As I did more research, became an EMT, I was more confident in that answer. I did want to enter the medical field. But more importantly, I also realized that I had other interests in other areas. I spoke at the TEDx conference, just like you. I continued to be a member of the debate team. I got involved in international tutoring efforts. I realized that I also liked political science and public policy and not just medicine. And that was one of the obstacles I had to overcome. Even when I enrolled in Duke and was outlining my courses to take for the fall, it's something that I had to get my parents used to the idea of. I wasn't just going to be studying medicine in college, and I wasn't sure, and am not sure, if I'm going to do it for 100%. But I also know that I am interested in political science, and I'm going to be studying that as well. So that was definitely one of the big obstacles I had to overcome, and it's something I explored in my essay. Right. It's interesting because there's your own passions that mm -hmm. you develop along the way. Yes. But then you wonder if pursuing those passions may take away from your overall goal that might be primarily pushed by your parents. Yes. And although it may take away from fully 100% pursuing that single passion of that single goal of being a doctor, yes. lawyer or engineer. Mm -hmm. You need to pursue those passions because something I've learned along the way is that it develops your personality, character, and who you are as a person. Yeah, because for sure. 
in these Common App personal statement essays, mm -hmm. what they're really looking for is who you are as a person. What yeah. makes you unique and different from every other applicant applying to this college. And honestly, I think what you've done in the medical field actually isn't what primarily pushes you forward and makes you unique, but those other passions that you've explored that have made you that unique student that got you the admission. I totally agree on that. My sister is applying to medical schools right now. And what a lot of medical school admissions officers say is when a kid writes about everything medicine related, they're not amused. But when a kid writes about other experience, be it in dance, in the arts, in any other field that pushed them towards medicine, that's something that's very attractive. And I think it's also important to note that we are going into an increasingly interdisciplinary world. No longer is medicine just medicine. There are ethical questions that go along with it. How much should AI be integrated in medicine? How should medicine be treated in terms of universal healthcare, not only in this country, but in other countries? And doctors, including myself, in the future, have to be equipped to deal with these challenges, which is why I'm exploring beyond just neuroscience and biology. And now that we're talking about the other passions apart from what your main objective in, in like your education is, mm -hmm. as I feel like you and I have talked about before in almost an endless amount of times, the stress that comes with this whole process can be a lot. Yeah. And as a senior in high school, how did you balance taking lots of AP courses, your other academic responsibilities, extracurriculars, college preparation, and the more fun parts of life that you don't want to give up? And do you have any strategies on how to keep a good work-life balance for any of the high schoolers tuning in today? Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was going into my junior year of high school, a lot of the people who I was talking to told me that it would be the busiest and most mentally challenging year of high school. For me, I actually didn't find that. I found that that was this year, senior year. And that's because of the added stress of college applications. So my strategy throughout all of high school, I've and you can personally attest to this, I've never been the type of person who can go home after a long school day and just start my homework, start my projects, join yeah. meetings. You know that. Mm -hmm. What I actually do, I'll walk you through my routine on an average day of senior year of high school when I was in the college application process. I would go to school, come home, take around an hour and a half to a two-hour nap, slowly wake up, have a big meal, watch some YouTube videos, finally get to my homework, and then when it was really late at night at 11 p.m., 12 a.m., start thinking about my college essays and what I would write about. <laughs> now, obviously, this wasn't sustainable. And there are definitely some pointers that I'd like to give to other people who are going to enter this process. I'd say when I started the college application process, I was much different, I think, than or maybe similar to, I'm not sure, a lot of other seniors my age because I didn't really start looking into the prompts and writing my essays until pretty late. I think I started close to October-ish, when most people started in August and September. And I would say definitely for all of you out there, start in August. I know some people who applied to schools by the end of August because they were so ready with their essays and their extracurricular lists. Common App publishes their prompts well before that, and you generally know how Common App is going to be structured anyway. So definitely start before senior year, the school year itself starts, because that's when you're going to get really busy with your AP courses. Now, in terms of managing AP courses with your social life, 
with college applications. I think the most important thing to know is that you cannot finish your college applications in one day or one weekend or one week. You really need to spread it out. Do a little bit each day. For me, it was around an essay a day or even half an essay a day, and that was really during the crunch time of it. If you start even before, you're going to have more time for revisions, more time for individual paragraphs instead of writing whole big sections at a time like I was forced to do. And I think definitely do not sacrifice your social life. For me as a writer, I can only write really well when I'm in a good mood, when I'm well rested, and when I'm reassured and calm and relaxed. I can't be a student who sits there for hours on end at a desk just writing away because the quality of my writing actually goes down. I might get the essay done, but how good it is changes. I would definitely say stick around your friends, keep hanging out with them, be active, exercise a lot because you're going to be sitting down a lot and doing your homework and everything during the year. And that should really give you the balance. Do not sacrifice your social life just to get those essays done. Right. I think it's the classic procrastination dilemma Mm -hmm. where you think by the end, yeah, you'll somehow get it done. But the question is like, what quality? Exactly. with college being the biggest, probably one of the biggest stepping stones in your life, to set you up for the rest of your life, it's not something you want to go less on and and risk exactly. for the long run. Exactly. So now there's one question I ask every guest on the mm-hmm. Teen Connect show, Yeah. which have for the most part been adults, which mm-hmm. is what advice would they tell their 17-year-old self? Mm. So I'm going to put a little twist on that. But from all the lessons you've learned in the past 18 years, What is one lesson you hope to remember and follow through with for the rest of your life? Okay, so something my dad has always told me from a young age, a very simple saying was, you can either relax now and enjoy later, or you can enjoy now and relax later. And although that's a very broad statement, I've always took it to heart. I've known that high school, college, and the few years after are extremely important for setting me up for the rest of my life. I will always take those opportunities to work hard and to be disciplined as much as possible in those early critical periods of my life, in high school, college, and even when I'm starting my profession as a doctor, so that I can have a more stable career and support my family and kids when I'm much older. I often think we've just completed one of the biggest chapters of our lives, being around the same kids, living in the same area, going to the same schools. And now entering this next big chapter of our life for the Mm -hmm. first time, is there anything you're nervous about? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think with the end of senior year, I've definitely taken a little bit off the gas in terms of how much effort I'm putting into school. And I think it's going to be definitely a rough transition in that first semester of Duke going to this extremely academically rigorous place, getting back into that mood, and also seeing the connections I can make. Sometimes college life revolves around things like fraternities, which I may not join. And I need to make sure that I establish those connections early on so that I can work with the people around me to get back into that mindset that I was in my junior year and my sophomore year and that I've kind of taken a step back into this senior year. So definitely that first semester is going to be difficult. Right. Because honestly, it feels like we've been working for the past four years to have this one moment of relief. Yeah. But... I don't think it's right to say it's okay to give up and let nope. loose now. It's definitely restarting right, mm-hmm. right up again. So I know people who have stayed in the Lehigh Valley all their lives mm-hmm. and some who even leave the U.S. altogether. 
So where do you see yourself being in life in 25 years from now? So that's a big question, but generally I see myself being a doctor. I hope to go into neurosurgery, but I don't see myself simply living in the United States. I definitely want to take the opportunity to travel abroad, to work with free clinics in areas like India, uh, going back to my where my parents came from and working with some of the rural villages that don't have access to modern medicine. I want to be able to travel abroad, interact with people of different cultures, and provide life-saving medicine, same, the same medicine that technologically and financially they don't have access to today. So that's my ultimate goal. And I also see myself being very involved in the political field. I want to be someone who's involved in medical ethics, who maybe even runs for a representative position sometime in the future. So a balance between those two fields. It has been an incredible conversation today with Vishruth as we delved into the intricate world of the college application process. From Vishruth's personal experiences and insights, we've gained a deeper understanding of the challenges, triumphs, and valuable lessons that come with pursuing a higher education. Vishruth's story serves as a reminder that with dedication, perseverance, and the right support, any student can navigate this transformative journey successfully. So on behalf of Teen Connect, I want to extend our gratitude to Vishruth for sharing his wisdom and shedding light on this important topic. We hope that his experiences have inspired our younger listeners, helping them approach their own college application journeys with confidence and clarity. Thank you so, so much, Vishruth, for being a fantastic guest on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Teen Connect. This is your host, Sudhant Kandelwal, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.